0: of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: You're listening to The Employment Hour with Lior Samfuru and John Scholes on Global News Radio 640
2: Toronto. And back at her for the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, ready to rock and roll. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one 225 talk That number is toll-free. You'll want to call in, ask your questions, bring it on now. you got just under an hour to uh, get some information in your head, valuable information about your workplace, about your workplace rights severancepaycalculator.com this is an amazing tool we are getting close to half a million users on this thing as we sit here and talk and go through the evening you can check that out on your own on your tablet on your desktop on your phone we'll expand on it and give you a uh, quick education
3: how it works uh we always start every week though Lior, with the week that was my brother how are you hey john i'm doing great uh, looking forward yeah. to having a nice good show here to talk a lot of people answer a lot of questions and hopefully help as many as possible to solve their workplace problems or at least to understand their rights So that's really what this is all about. It's about understanding what the law says and what the law gives you in terms of rights. So if you're not sure about something, if your boss is doing something to you, they took away uh, a benefit that you had, they cut your hours, maybe uh, you're, you're, you're called into a meeting and you're expecting a severance package, what does that mean? Give us a call right now. We're gonna be answering a lot of questions, informing a lot of people, and anytime you ask a question, every single time you call here and you ask a question, then there's gonna be others listening we're, we're going to be helping them as well. And, of course, of course, as I always say, uh, you know, some people don't want to call into the show. Some people want to talk privately. That's absolutely fine. I field calls, emails, questions in my office every day. We're going to give you my number and my contact information a bunch of times over the next uh, 40 minutes or so. So please uh, jot it down and call me if you ever want to talk. And to get us started with the week that was, a couple of matters that have come across my desk over the past few days. First matter, John... Uh, that I'm going to tell you, uh, involved a gentleman who uh, went off on a a medical leave, serious condition, uh, something that made made it impossible for him to continue working and would probably keep him out of a job for a while. Now, he didn't do what usually you would do, is he didn't provide the company with the doctor's note. He simply uh, told the company, I'm very sick, I saw my doctor, I have to be off work, but no doctor's note. And uh, he was off for about two months after two or even two and a half months the company says well since we haven't gotten anything from you from your doctor to corroborate your absence we take it that you've abandoned your job so here's your record of employment and you're out of here and this gentleman it was like you know something just hit him out of the out of the blue like w- what just happened here right. I- i'm sick i'm under doctor's care care i'm working hard to get better and they're letting me go or they're saying that i've abandoned my job what does that mean well here's the thing john Obviously, it is something that he has to do to provide a doctor's note saying you're going to be off work, but the company has to ask for it if, she, if it really wants it. They can't say, well, you didn't give it to us, so you're gone. It's one thing if the company says we need something from a doctor to corroborate your absence, mm. and if the employee doesn't uh, provide that and the company's followed up, yeah, at some point the company can say, well, enough is enough. But if the company has not even asked for any corroboration, if the company has not even asked for something from a doctor, that's ridiculous to then complain that you don't have it. So the company can't, you know, play dumb. They can't say, oh, we didn't know. If they need something, if they want something, ask for it. So in this situation, to me, this is a wrongful dismissal, clearly Potentially also a human rights issue because he's sick with a serious condition. So there's a very important lesson there. Yes, you should provide your employer if you're off work with a medical note. We'll talk more about that a bit later. But your employer also has to ask if it needs information. It's not just on the employee. It's on the employer as well. Uh, and, And in this situation, John, that's a wrongful dismissal. 416-870-6400,
2: Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell one triple eight two two five talk. You want to call in uh, about that topic or any others here tonight? So Lior and I are here to uh, to take your calls. What else is, uh, is going on?
3: Second matter, I'll tell you about John. Actually, fairly similar. This uh, this gentleman, uh, he had been uh, uh, going to work for a while, but uh, over the past few months, he had to miss work a number of times because of a medical condition. He had doctors' appointments, uh, and he again he would uh, he would miss work. Sometimes would come in late. And the company actually never said anything about it, and he was pretty happy that they were flexible. They were, uh, you know, appear to be understanding. They never even talked to him about it, they just let him be. Well, after a, a while, he now gets called into a meeting with HR, and they say, We've documented all these absences and all these lateness over the past few months. You know, you've been absent or late, I don't know, 20 times, I think it was, over a period of a few months. That's unacceptable, and we're letting you go for cause. And again, this came as a shock to this person. So so what does this mean? Well, again, this company had several duties. Number one is if it wants a doctor's note to corroborate being, him being late or his absences, it has to ask for it. And beyond that, if someone has bad attendance, you have to discipline them. You have to provide a warning, maybe another warning, potentially even a suspension, before you can even consider a termination for cause. In this case, they did none of that. They jumped from zero to 100 and you just can't do that. They, they skipped uh-huh. over steps. They had to discipline. They had to ask him if, if there's a legitimate reason. He would have provided them with a note. So in this situation, John, again, a wrongful dismissal, potentially human rights issue, and it's a very common thing that I see that a company jumps ahead where it needs to, where it needs to be. It decides that it has just cause when it really doesn't. So I'm going to be helping this individual to get his severance, potentially get some human rights damages. Uh, This company really should have done things very, very differently.
2: And sometimes it's just ignorance on the part of the HR or lack of HR department in a company, right, especially a small company.
3: Yeah, I mean, we can certainly give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't know any better. But here's the thing, and, and the law doesn't excuse ignorance in that respect. You either have an obligation or you don't. And if you're not sure, it's up to the employer to inform itself, to to call someone like myself, to call uh, to get some professional advice if they're not sure what to do with an employee. They can't just decide without having the knowledge, the background, what to do, and then find themselves, like these two employers that I mentioned to you, in the wrong, and ultimately having to pay significant damages.
2: You mentioned your contact several times. We'll do it here, 1-855-821-5900. That's to get a hold of the firm and help at employmenthour.com. Well, You, talked, uh, you began the show talking about medical leave. You kicked the door open, so I'm going to walk right through it. Let's talk about uh, rights of employees on disability leave. When can an employee take a medical leave?
3: Yeah, and and, and this is a topic that comes up very, very often, Uh, you know, especially today in the modern workplace, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of stress. And some people you know, burn the candles from both ends and, and ultimately burn themselves out and they have to go off on a medical leave. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's it's uh, mental health related. And questions always come up, you know, when, when can I go on a leave? Who is allowed to? For how long? What are my rights? What can the employer do? So we're going to try to tackle some of those topics uh, throughout the show today. So starting off with who can actually go off on a medical leave? Well, any employee that has a medical condition that's corroborated by a doctor can go on a medical leave. Now, it's not enough for the employee to say, uh, I'm not well, I need to be off for a week. You do need some medical, uh, medical doctor to corroborate that. And if you have that corroboration and the doctor is willing to provide something for the employer, you can go off on a medical leave. It doesn't matter if it's for a day, a week, a month, a year, etc. Uh, so you get that note. You provide it to the, to the employer. At that point, the employer's hands are tied. They can't argue with it. They can't say no. They can't say we don't have a sick day policy. None of that actually matters. If you're sick, your doctor corroborates it. You can go off on the leave, and there's no time limit, John.
2: I was going to say, how long can it be? It could be till you're better or, or not, right?
3: Well, a lot of people think, well, you know, after a while, I have to go back or I have to quit. No, not necessarily. In many cases, you know, if the medical condition is serious enough, some people can be off work for even years now, as long as it, there's a prospect of returning, as long as you're working towards returning you're trying to get better, there's, there's hope that you can return, then the employer has to keep the job open for you. The employer can't say, well, you've been off for now a year and 10 months, so you're gone because you're not coming back. No, the employer has to ask some questions. Uh, what's the prospect of returning? Is there a likelihood? Are you working towards it, et cetera? So there's no time limit. You have to take as much time as you need to get better to get healthy. And uh, whether that takes a week, a month, a year, etc., cetera, that's what the law says. And your employer has to accommodate that, Has can't put obstacles in your way, can't make your life harder. They have to be understanding and allow you that time off work so that you can get better. Lots
2: of time to call in, ask your questions, whether it's about this topic or anything else about your workplace or your severance. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale, and 225 Talk that number is absolutely toll free. Uh, when it comes to that stuff, what on the other side, the employee's obligations with respect to say uh, paying salary, benefits, and and all that stuff to employees
3: on leave. How does that work? So generally speaking, uh, if an employee is not at work, the employer does not have the legal obligation to pay them or even to continue their benefits. So if, if I'm off work, I'm not working, the company doesn't have to pay pay me. That does not mean that I'm not an employee. It just means that I'm on an, an unpaid leave of absence. Now some employers have policies where they have sick day policies. In other words, we'll pay you for up to 10 days or 20 days or some, some employers have policies for even longer. Uh, and in in which case the employer has to follow those policies. Uh, So usually an employer doesn't have to, and if the employee is off for an extended period of time, sometimes they can apply for short-term disability or long-term disability. Uh, Many employees have those plans available through their work. Uh, But one thing I want to make it very clear, if your company, for example, continues your benefits while you're off on a medical leave, I told you that they actually don't have to, but let's say that they do. They decide to continue your benefits. And after a while, they say, well, you know what? Now you've been gone for five months. We're going to cut off those benefits, or we've been continuing. Well, wait a second. Now you probably can't cut off those benefits. The employer didn't have to continue benefits to begin with. But if it did, it can't then decide to change that. To all of a sudden cut off someone off their benefits could be a constructive dismissal. So what I tell employers either continue or don't. But if you're going to continue benefits, you have to keep them on. You can't just decide you know randomly. Well, now I'm going to cut them off. That could be a big problem, and the employee may at that point treat employment as being terminated, and what we call a constructive dismissal, John.
2: 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number to call through. Ask your questions. We'll uh, get to uh, Bob. Hey, Bob, good evening. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's happening with you?
1: I was let go in early December with no warning after just under four years of service. My question is, I only got three weeks of severance. I didn't get any...
3: Um, Anything else? I'm just wondering if I'm entitled to anything more, perhaps. Oh, yeah. The the short answer, Bob, is absolutely. So let's kind of break this down. So I think you said four years. What kind of a job and how old are you? I'm 58 years old.
1: Uh, uh, The job was a customer service rep, and I was there for just under four years.
3: All right. Now, uh, so this happened a little while ago. Have you been able to find another position? No, I have not. So someone in your situation, Bob, would easily, easily be owed six months' pay. Months, I said, not weeks. It could be slightly more than that, seven or even eight, but six months' pay, very conservatively, is what you're owed. Okay. uh, So this would be a wrongful dismissal in the sense that you've been let go and you've been given pennies on the dollar. It's a common situation, and and this happened uh, just late last year, Bob. Yeah, it was happened in, believe it or not, two weeks before Christmas. Ah, Merry Christmas! Right? Unbelievable. Well, the good news is that that there's still plenty of time. You're nowhere near the end of the two-year limitation period. So here's here's what I'm going to say. You've made the right call because you obviously suspected that something was wrong. Give me a call at the office any time this week, whenever you want. Let's talk about it. Let me look at the termination letter, get some more facts. And ultimately, I'll get you what you're owed. The difference between three weeks' pay and six months' pay is huge. So uh, this should not be a problem to resolve, Bob. Okay, great. I'll talk to you this week. Thanks again Sounds for good. your
2: help. Bob Smart Call, the number 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. We'll take a short break here. Your phone calls, line them up, bring them on, 416 870 star 640 on cell and one 225 talk Lots more the Employment Hour, the Wednesday night edition coming up. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We do this Monday nights. We do this Wednesday nights. We do it on the weekend, and we also do Employment Hour at 30. That happens on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. on Global TV as well. We have got you covered. The phone call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. That is the number you want to use. Get your uh, questions answered here tonight with Leor once again. Paul, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Uh,
4: no worries. No worries, buddy. I love the show. Thanks, Thank you. man. What's going I on? I ask you, and, you know, um, I've asked around as far as employment lawyers, and I haven't really gotten a straight answer on this one. So I'm curious to, to know how you're going to answer it. I, I, if you're working at a company for seven years and they hire you as a consultant, right? But here's the difference. They treat you like an employee. So you clock in, you clock out, you get a lunch hour, um, you know, you get the, the the employee handbook of all the rules and the etiquette out sure. that goes with it, but yet they still want you to declare yourself a consultant. Hmm. So my question is, how long can a company do that for? Because eventually, what happened was when a parent company started to question that. In the last year, all of a sudden. They just said, okay, now you guys have to work from home three days a week. Uh, you'll start to buy your own supplies. They started to panic. But I want to know, legally, were they able to do that for seven years, literally treating you like an employee where you didn't have the flexibility as a consultant to, 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 to source out your own vendors you know, your own, because they decided which clients you have. You were literally an employee of the particular company.
3: Excellent it's question, not, Paul. Excellent. Uh, So, so let me, let me give you a straight answer. Uh, so this is a classic case of misclassification. There is zero doubt that in the eyes of the law, you are an employee. Okay. Full stop. End of story. There's nothing else to debate here on this issue. You were an employee. You've been an employee. And this is a very common situation where a a company misclassifies someone. Uh, they, they're trying to save a few bucks. They, they're, you know, because they don't want to remit. Uh, in the employer portion of, of uh, EI and CPP to the government, etc. Now, here's the thing uh, in terms of how long can they do it, well, they can't even do it for a day. It's illegal. Uh, if CRA finds out, or even if the Ministry of Labor finds out, there could be big problems. The question that you find yourself in or the problem you find yourself in is, do I want to do something about it? I mean, you can go today to the Ministry of Labor or I can even help you and, and establish yourself as an employee, but do you want to continue working there in that situation? How is that going to, you know, is, is the is situation going to make it better for you when when you've taken on your employer that way when you're still working? What most people do in that situation is either they, st- they find another job or... When the company lets you go at some point, if that happens, well, at that point, you can get full severance as an employee because you're an employee all along. If they were to let you go, they may say, well, you're a contractor, so we're going to give you nothing. Or maybe we'll be generous and we'll give you a couple thousand bucks. Where, obviously, if you've been there for seven years, you could easily be owed eight, nine, ten months of pay. So the question really you have to ask yourself is, do you want to take this on now and, and change this? Uh, and, you know, how this impacts the relationship, you have to consider? Or do you want to wait until they decide to let you go, and then we pursue your entitlements as an employee, Paul?
4: Is there a statute of limitations? Like, I've had other consultants that have left, right, two, three years ago, but they worked there for a very long time. And so we continue to ask this question as I also move on. Is there a statute of limitations where you can go back and say, wait a minute, this didn't seem right to me?
3: Well, it depends, because if you're, for example, talking about a termination, if they let you go five years from now, it doesn't matter. We can say for the whole 12 years you were an employee. If, on the other hand, you say, okay, well, I should have gotten vacation pay, right, because the whole time I was an employee, you can only go back two years. So it really depends on, on, on what is it that you're pursuing. Uh, and you can go, in terms of entitlements, vacation pay, overtime pay, statutory holiday pay, You'd be able to go back two years from today. But in terms of your severance down the road, there's no time limitation if you pursue that once they let you go.
4: Alrighty. And this could be, could it be considered a class action if more than one of us get together and actually come to you with this?
3: Sure, potentially. Uh, You often don't need, actually, class action just complicates things, but could it be? Sure, it could, you know, unless we have a hundred guys, it probably wouldn't make sense to do a class action, we could deal with it individually, but I'd be happy to chat with you now or in the future uh, about this uh, anytime you want.
4: Oh, but that sounds great. Okay, so how do I reach you again? What is your contact information there?
3: The number right here,
2: Paul, is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 5900. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 5900. Please hang on, Paul. Please surprise them in 10 years when they let you go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Because <laughs> you know it's going to be a big bucket of water over the face when they, when they do oh, that yeah. for sure. 416 870 6400, star 640 on cellar, 1 225. Talk to. Uh, call in toll free. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good evening.
5: Hi, how are you? <laughs>
2: Excellent. How are you doing? I
5: Actually, super excited! So I, I didn't think I'd get through. So
2: Well, you're through. What's going on?
5: <laughs> Not much. Um. Well, so h- how are you? Like
2: We are. We are dying to talk to you all night, and lo and behold, you've called. So uh, how can we help you?
5: <laughs> um. Well. So I'm. I'm 21. I know I sound a lot younger. It's like I show my ID all the time. People just think I'm 16. Or, I am very, you know, legal. But I guess basically my question was. So, and it's very broad. I just wanted to ask. So, with the raise in minimum wage, I've begun to receive less shifts. Obviously, right? Because it's right. more in, it's outgoing money, not incoming. So, which I completely understand. But I guess I just wanted to ask because I'm looking for another job. What sort of implications do you believe the minimum wage or the raise in wage will have in the future for me looking for a new job?
3: Sure. No, it's a it's a very good question, and I think the implications have already been felt and are being felt by people uh, all over the province. Now, obviously, uh, a company that has to pay uh, more than it did and pay people, you know, fourteen dollars an hour at some point, fifteen dollars an hour at least. Uh, is going to have to find a way to uh, many times save money somewhere else. Sometimes the company can shift the increase the cost of cost to the consumers. They can increase the price of their, their products or service. Other times they can't do that, so they're going to have to try to uh, save money on the backs of employees by reducing shifts, letting people go, etc. But here's the thing you need to understand. A company actually does not have the right to say, well, because of this increase in minimum wage, we're now going to change you from five shifts a week to three. That's a constructive dismissal. You can potentially treat your employment as being uh, terminated uh, right away. So uh, because of that, uh, you may not actually have to take it. Now, in terms of if you're going to, they may not make sense. You may just want to find another job. You may find other employers the same thing. Employers that are shying away from hiring people full-time, employers that would rather hire people part-time. You may also find employers that are more inclined to call you an independent contractor when you're not because then they they think they can avoid paying you the minimum wage, they can pay you whatever they want. That's illegal as well. So I think we are seeing and we're going to continue to see uh, employers trying to find creative ways. To save money, what is important to understand is they can't then change the terms of employment. They can't say, we need to save money because of this minimum wage, so we're going to reduce your pay, we're going to demote you, we're going to make you f- part-time instead of uh, full-time, etc. If an employer does that, you may have a choice to treat that as a constructive dismissal, uh, Shauna. I probably should have got a job before
5: <laughs> minimum wage went up, right?
3: <laughs> Well, perhaps, but, uh, you know, if, if uh, you know your employer is going to start kind of messing with your shift, it may be the best thing to do to find another position, uh, and hopefully you can find a place where they won't do that.
5: Of course, but, well, I guess, also, I'm just kind of looking for your perspective on how you think students, such as I, you know, going into fourth year of university, how should we handle this having no money, you know, how should we not in a legal way but just handle it in a sense that i can actually afford to you know pay for school do these things like without having two jobs because as a student you can't necessarily
3: That's right. have yeah and and it's a great question. I don't, I don't really have an answer. I mean, I think that is one of the things that the government has not properly considered when it increased the minimum wage impact on people like yourself that work part time to try to make ends meet. Uh, and, and now you are going to be essentially getting less uh, shifts. You are going to have uh, a hard time uh, making that money. So the goal was to allow you to make more money, and now you are going to be making less. So I would, uh, you know, call your local uh, MPP and tell them uh, your frustrations. Uh, that's really the only thing I can say that you may be able to do here.
2: You know, it's funny that uh, that Sean brought up that point because this is a point that a lot of people haven't thought of, especially employers. Everyone's saying, oh, it's too bad. You know, they're, they're letting people go while they're cutting back shifts or lowering their money. But no, you got to look at the back end. Like you just said, the employees come to these employers and say, look, now you've, you can't make this change to my to my job. Now it's going to cost you if it's a wrongful dismissal. That could be a massive wave of people doing that.
3: It absolutely can, and I've already seen that, and I'm already, I'm already representing a few people that are in that situation. So yeah, it's it's a bad situation, and I'm not necessarily faulting employers. I mean, if you told me that my costs of running my business are going to increase by thirty percent. I'd have a big problem as well. I'd have to find a way to save money as well. So, so it is a difficult situation and, and employers have been put in that. They haven't asked to be in that situation. Individuals haven't asked to be in that situation. But that's what our, our government has done. And, you know, there's an election coming up and you guys can do what you decide is appropriate, uh, with that. But, uh, it's, it is a frustrating situation, no doubt. 416-870-6400, star
2: 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five talking lots of time to call in we're here till around uh, 10 to eight to get your uh, questions answered I mentioned a few times I know you just did it in your head without mentioning it and that is the severance pay calculator almost half a million people have
3: used this uh, this bad boy give me some details on it so the most common question that I get is how much severance am I owed or is my severance fair? That's the common question I've been getting for 15 years and it's going to be the most common question for the next 15 years, no doubt. So yeah. because it's so common, because it's such important information for people to have, I wanted everyone to have that information uh, and, and can they can get that, that information whenever they want, wherever they are. So I created the severance calculator. Severancepaycalculator.com is the place you go to. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. And you answer three simple questions, your age, position, and length of employment anonymously. You don't have to put in your name, your company's name, or anything else identifying you, and you're done. You find out exactly how much you're owed. It's free. It's anonymous. And then, you know, like the gentleman that called us, that he was offered three weeks pay after four years of work, if he had gone to the severance calculator, he would have seen he'd get somewhere between six to eight months pay. He would have known, uh, and, and he would have been able to pursue it. So if you lost your job, you know someone that has, or you're worried about losing your job... SeverancePayCalculator.com. We'll Go
2: back to your phone calls and questions. George, uh, good evening. How are you, George? Oh, I'm uh, fine. Thank you. Good. Uh, what's going on?
4: Um, my question is just uh, my son came down with a condition before Christmas and was hospitalized. And the company he's working for, um, he had been there three and a half months, I guess, and they said he had accumulated so many sick days, so they uh, fired him. Is that. Uh,
3: no. It's not. Now, he was under doctor's care, George? Yes. So, no, they can't do that. It doesn't matter how many sick days. As I said right at the beginning of the show, some people can be off work for a year or two years. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you've worked there. So this seems to me clearly a situation where it could be a wrongful dismissal, but probably also a human rights violation. Yeah. A company can't do that. They can't say you've been off for a week, a month, whatever it is, so you, so we're firing you. That is illegal. It, it can't be more illegal than it is. So, George, I, I think you got to get your son to give me a call as soon as possible. I'm in the office this week. I'm in the office next week. Uh, and, and happy to talk to him. Uh, because even after three and a half months, and you know, even if he wasn't in a senior position, there could be significant compensation owed to him.
4: Okay, yeah, because I, I called the labor board, and they said, well, he was off. Over, the, they have this ten-day limit, and once you accumulate ten days, they can let you go. They say, and uh... yeah, no, they
3: can't. You know, we uh, love uh, the labor uh, board. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, and that's why, why I've been preaching this mantra for for as long as I've been on air for five years. You cannot, should not, ever call the Ministry of Labor. They look at different things. They don't tell you what the full picture is. Uh, they don't tell you what the laws are under our, what we call our common law. Sir George, no, they cannot do this. I can't. I can't overemphasize this enough. Cannot do it. Have him give me a call as soon as possible.
2: George, that number, one 821 5900 to get a hold of the or at the firm. Got uh, Jerry on the line. Hey, Jerry, good evening.
1: Hi, good evening. How are you?
2: Good, pal. What's up?
1: Good. Um, if I have an employee under an employment contract and there's a conflict between the contract and the Employment Standards Act, which takes precedence?
3: The the Employment Standards Act, uh, Jerry, always takes precedent in the sense that you cannot contract out of it. You can offer something that's more generous than the Employment Standards Act, but you, you're you not able to contract it. So I'm going to give you an example. If someone uh, has a contract that says you get a week and a half vacation a year, well, that would violate the Employment Standards Act. There'd be a conflict, and the Employment Standards Act would take precedent. Uh, in your situation, Jerry, what, what are we talking about?
1: I'm just trying to figure out how you calculate this severance because in the Employment Standards Act, it says eight weeks maximum after how many Mm -hmm. years. And now you're calculating that it's the way I figure, you're getting a one-month salary per year of service.
3: So great question, Jerry. So so the Employment Standards Act is not really that relevant when it comes to to severance. The Employment Standards Act only provides a person's minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. Their full entitlements can be five or ten times more than what's in the Employment Standards Act. And that's where a lot of employers get into trouble. They think that the Employment Standards Act is the beginning and the end when it comes to calculating what a person is owed on termination, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Now the only time uh, you really care about the Employment Standards Act when it comes to termination, is if the employee signed an agreement that explicitly limits them to the minimums in the act. If they haven't signed an agreement that explicitly limits, under the common law, they're owed a lot more. So do you have an employment agreement that limits your employees' in- termination entitlements? I guess I do. Okay, so you know, I- I'd be more than happy to review that for you. I'm not gonna charge you, but I'd be more than happy to review it for you and tell you whether or not it does that. It needs to do it in a specific way and oftentimes I see employment agreements or termination clauses that are not enforceable. So if you wanna shoot that over to me by email or by fax or or whatever you want, I can look at it and tell you if you are able to limit the employees to the Employment Standards Act minimum or not. And if you're not, if your agreement is not good enough, then we can draft new agreements that do it properly so you don't have problems in the future.
1: Okay, so if you're, if you're um, calculating your severance under common law, right. if I have an employee that's damaged a lot of my equipment that I've had to pay for over time and I can uh, document that, then under common law, shouldn't I be able to deduct that amount? of repair work um, from her severance?
3: So great question. The answer is no, you can't deduct, but if depending on what the person did and, and how long ago it was and what you've documented, you may be able to let them go for cause Without any severance, depending again on what they did and how bad it was, and if they give them warnings, et cetera. So you actually are not allowed to deduct uh, unless unless they give you their agreement. You can't say I owe you a hundred bucks, but you owe me eighty, so I'm going to deduct the eighty from the hundred. That you can't do, but depending on the situation, you may be able to terminate for cause without any severance. So I propose that if if you want to talk specifically about this case about this particular employee, why don't you and I connect off air and and discuss that.
2: Jerry, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Keep that number, keep that email with you. Get to, uh, to Dan here. Hey, Dan, good evening. Hey, how are you? Good, sir. What's, uh, what's going on with you? What's your concern?
4: Well, I have,
0: uh, I've been listening to the show for a while. And I think it's kind of a unique situation. Happened uh, happened about a week ago uh, to a family member of mine. I guess there was so they're in a, uh, uh, like a management kind of a position, and there was uh, a complaint made against them and they were brought into the office and uh, essentially told that there was a, an anonymous complaint and that they need to take the complaint seriously so they just need this person to uh, sign this piece of paper they'll step out of the office for five minutes uh, when they come back they're going to be suspended for a couple of weeks and then when they come back they'll uh, continue discussing what's, what's going on and uh, unfortunately so yeah, my, my family was a little bit surprised to figure out what did I do to someone I have no idea what happened who was it? Let's bring him in here, let's talk about this, let's apologize. It, was it a subordinate of mine, somebody who works under me? And they basically said that uh, they wanted to remain anonymous and they can't detail anything about the complaint uh, or what it was. But the thing that's really bugging them is they, they make schedules by the month, uh, even the month and a half, and they're supposed to be some kind of a two-week suspension, and uh, he doesn't have any shifts now for the entire month and a half. He doesn't know exactly what to do or how to approach it, And uh, he was basically made to sign this piece of paper, doesn't know what this piece of paper was. Uh, I I, I don't know, he called me this morning, asked me, what do you think I should do, Dan?
3: Yeah. Well, well, Dan, th- this is what I call Bush League HR. That's what this <laughs> is, okay? Bush League HR, because this is not a way to deal uh, with uh, an investigation. It's not a way to deal with a complaint. Now, I understand keeping a complaint uh, or, or the name anonymous, but an employer has to investigate. Anytime there's a complaint, again, I don't know what the complaint is about, but let's say it's some sort of harassment. The company well, has to investigate.
1: What the complaint
0: is about. Would that help?
3: Sure. Well, what was it about?
0: Yeah, so I guess there was uh, an individual at the firm, and they, they wanted to be referred to in a specific way, kind of like, um, I guess, like a, a gender pronoun. I'm not 100% sure how you yep. think about right, it.
3: right, right, right. Yeah.
0: And uh, I guess they were saying that uh, uh, my family member uh, did not refer to them uh, adequately in this, this gender pronoun, and they weren't happy with it, and that's, that's about as much as he, uh, he knows.
3: Well, so then he, obviously, they need to investigate. And they, you know, they can't investigate without getting your uh, friend's side of, of the story. So uh, it, it's something that uh, I think he needs to deal with. Because a company doesn't have the right to just impose discipline like this. And by essentially putting a gun to his head and say, if you don't sign this, then God knows what's going to ha- happen to you. It doesn't seem like they've investigated. Uh, and it seems like even if he did something wrong, they've way overreached with suspending him for weeks, et cetera. They, and they don't, by the way, have a right to suspend without paying in any event. So uh, I can help him. I can either get him out of there uh, with compensation because this could be looked at as a termination or I can give the company a kick in the pants uh, and, and have them get their stuff together. Uh, I was going to use a different S word uh, <laughs> yes, and and, uh, and so they, they don't do that and they treat them properly. So I, I would like to have him give me a call. Then have him give me a call. He asked you what to do. Well, what you tell him to do is you tell him to call me. I want to find out information. I want to get more information about his job, about his length of employment, about the company, and we'll go from there. But this is wrong on many levels then
0: okay well that's good you see i wasn't sure that whole anonymous thing and the you know mm-hmm. the, the specific kind of situation i wasn't sure i I, don't know, I guess i'm not an employment lawyer so there's always so much that i can uh, speak to but i appreciate uh you letting me
4: know
2: that's why you sure. call that's why you call uh the uh, number by the way my friend 1-855-821-5900 one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com i think we got time to get james in here hey james how are you Hi. Right, good good happy holidays yeah, you too. What's uh, what's going on? I just want to know, what's the basic amount of time
3: for someone to be like eligible for severance pay? So are, are you asking how long does someone have to work before they qualify for severance? Yes, because, for instance, uh, during the training period of employment, that's like two months. And then they put some people on layoffs. And okay. I've noticed that layoffs only means like six months before a person can reapply again if they're still interested in working at that place? So so generally, James, uh, a company can avoid having to pay any severance during the first three months of employment, but only, and only if they have an employment agreement that specifically says that. So if the employee that, signed an that agreement specific, that says, that, sorry, what's that? that? That specifically says that they're supposed to be employed for more than three years? No, no. The, the, an agreement that says that in the first three months of employment, if we let you go, we won't pay you severance. If that's what the... Uh, uh, oh, I think we lost him. But hopefully he's, he's still listening. If the employment agreement says that in the first three months of employment, uh, you don't get severance, then that's okay. If it doesn't say that, then frankly, even if you're let go after a month, you are owed severance. And depending on the position you have and, and, and uh, the, your age, even after a month, you could be owed a month or two months or three months severance. A lot of people think that short service employees don't get severance or get very little severance. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You often, oftentimes short service employees are treated disproportionately better when it comes to severance than longer service employees. So uh, remember that the only time a company can let someone go without severance is if they've stipulated a, a three month period up to three months uh, where they can do that. If it doesn't say that, you get severance even after a week, a month, etc.
2: We mentioned it once already. People ask; uh, they want to know. It's uh, severance pay calculator. Give it to me one more, uh, one more time before.
3: One we wrap more up. time, and, and by the way, if, if, if you're not sure if you get severance because you worked for a short period of time, mm-hmm. severancepaycalculator.com. You answer uh, three questions, and you can put that that worked for under a year, and you'll find out exactly how much you're owed. It's uh, it's important, John, because most people, almost all people, 90% plus of people, are offered a lot less than what they're owed. And what I'm trying to do is reduce that number. Reduce the number of people that accept inadequate severance by giving access to this information. I don't want people to walk away from tens of thousands of dollars. So if you think you know how much severance you're owed, I bet you anything you don't. Go right now to severancepaycalculator.com.
2: Lots more to come as the weeks continue. Monday nights, Wednesday nights, the weekend shows, and of course, uh, Employment Hour and 30 on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on Global TV. You want to get a hold of Leor and the firm, one of his uh, one one his employees, 5900 Help at employmenthour.com. And as you know, we just mentioned it again, severancepaycalculator.com. Anytime as well. Till next time, enjoy the rest of your week right here on Global News Radio.